0: Say ain't no good And I'm crazy as alone. Cause I shave my head in the morning pick guitar in the afternoon Good morning, everybody. Chief it's Jesse Wayne Taylor here with Papa T, the bald-headed country boys coming at you here in Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, buddy? Nothing much,
1: dude. How are you? I'm good. Good. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too.
1: Yeah. Been up, I, I, I almost screwed up. Yeah, yep. So, uh, I, last weekend I was with uh, my nephew Zeb, your cousin, and his girlfriend, and they were talking about going to Florida, and they they were they flew they flew out this morning, and uh, you know they were mentioned needing trying to figure out a way to get to the airport. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I you know we y'all just bring your car up there to our house and park it, and I'll take you to the airport. So we worked it out and I said, Just call and remind me. You know, be glad to be glad to do it. Just call and remind me so I don't forget. So Friday night, Z called. Yeah. Man, I'll be sitting in the truck six thirty Sunday morning, ready to take y'all to the airport. No problem. I'll run y'all to the airport and I'll go eat breakfast and start my day early, you know. So this morning I woke up at six twenty seven and I said to myself, Self, I think I'm gonna go back to sleep for a little while. (laughs) And about two minutes later, my phone rings and it's Zeb. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and I said, I'm on my way down right now. Man, <laughs> you talk about getting dressed and, and ready to go in, in a, in, in flash time this morning. So I told him I'd have him at the airport by seven and I pulled in the airport and parked at 658. That's hilarious. So I went from 630. To 6:58, getting dressed, brushing my teeth, getting them in the car, going to the airport. I did all that in 28 minutes. That's pretty hilarious. Yeah, and I, the thing is, after I talked to him Friday night, I never thought another thing about it till this morning. Till he called this morning, <laughs> and he just, I just like, dude, you know, I I don't know what happened. It just, I, I I generally don't forget things like that, but I forgot it this time. So, I I guarantee you, I won't forget to pick them up that's hilarious i won't forget to pick them up so that's how i started my day hitting the ground running this morning you know that's pretty funny man yeah so happy sunday to everybody happy
0: sunday well i uh it's been a couple weeks since we got together the last time we got together shout out to cody walden and chase daniel for coming in and doing an episode with us
1: to talk about papa's paycheck and shout out to the blue handle case knife that they gave me oh yeah wow that's still i still can't get over that that is a beautiful knife yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I haven't started carrying it yet, but I am going to carry that knife. I just, th- I still can't get over that
0: they gave you the gift that you love to give the most. I know. I, I love giving pocket knives. It was hilarious. I mean, when he busted that out, I almost fell on the floor, but, uh, that was a great episode. Um, forgive me for the sound not being as good as it normally is. We were using more microphones than we normally do, and I don't think I had. All of them quite dialed in the best. Well, we'll. Uh, um, but know, I'm learning. We'll, I'm learning. We'll, we're we're working on it. We're yeah. we're having to kind of learn this together. So. Yeah, we're we're figuring things out. But today, hopefully, things are a little bit clearer. And then on Father's Day, we just had a lot going on. We didn't really get together, get a chance to get together and do one
1: then. But uh happy late Father's Day to you. Thank you. It was a good day. Yeah, it's a good day. We, uh you and I, went to the. I don't know what the name of that market is. The really. Uptown Fresh Market. Uptown Fresh. That was my first experience in the Uptown Fresh Market. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know what to expect. First of all, we almost got killed in the parking lot. There's so much action in that there, lot. and people will just run all over you in that parking lot. So anyway, about had a heart attack there. Um, then we went in and we bought uh, pork belly, mm-hmm. and brisket strips, and crab legs, and we came home and smoked all those things, and yep. it was a it was a good meal. I do believe we bought way too much. I think because so. we had a lot of stuff left. But I had there. a total feeling
0: that was going to happen when I, I saw you it. with that big grin on your face. Dude, I mean,
1: in front of all that raw meat, that is a fat guy's. That is a fat guy's heaven right there. It's any guy's heaven. You know, anybody that likes to smoke or grill or anything like that. I mean, they've got the weirdest stuff. They got chicken feet and any part of the hog that you want. Yeah, literally every single thing, everything. You know, and. um, yeah, we came home and smoked that, and had a real good evening. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a good day. I enjoyed it. Well, good. That's what we were, were hoping it would be. Um,
0: those pork belly burn ins I made weren't nearly as good as I was hoping they would be. There was a gentleman that made some at a at a party that I was at one time, and I and I like I don't. I mean, it was unbelievable. They were absolutely unbelievable, and the
1: ones I made were just not. They weren't I talked that good. to several people about those uh, <clears throat> burn ins and they said, or, or the pork belly, and they said that a lot of people will fry their pork belly like you fry bacon. Now, that sounds like right because they put some crispy
0: on the right side of it, and too. I think
1: that's what we were missing was the crisp. I think had we had we fried them and then soft them and put them on the smoker for a little while, just to to caramelize yeah, definitely that, smoker, would have done, that. I would think have, that
0: would have been a, a, a game changer. I don't think the ones
1: that I had were like that. But, uh,
0: that sounds like a wonderful idea to me, honestly.
1: Yeah. So we'll have to try that again sometime. It definitely wasn't a deal breaker. Don't get me wrong. It mm-hmm. was, you know, it was good, but, uh, we, we, we do need a little, we need a little work on those.
0: Yeah. And but, then the, the brisket strips, we had never, I, we've never even cooked
1: a brisket. No, but we're going to much
0: less, uh, brisket strips, but we, we saw some, what they had were just thinly sliced brisket strips yep. out there. And, and dad had mentioned wanting a, a, to do a brisket at some point and i thought well hey I, mean, I guess we could just try a few of those and see if they're any good which they were okay and we may not have you know cooked them the best way to make them the most tender i don't know
1: i've never that was, like i said we never cooked brisket strips but um the thing that i was not excited about the most was actually the best tasting thing was the was the crab legs the crab legs were fine but man i I
0: am not a fan of fighting for that meat like that. I mean, at, to me, that's to called have you're to lazy. sit there and work through it, it pisses me off. That's, Excuse part, of,
1: that's part of it. It's not French, but that's part of it. It really burns you my gotta, biscuits. you You got to you gotta work for what you get. That's the that's 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 the fun part. Is the sitting there and of course I didn't have to work <laughs> at it either. Your sweet Catherine, she she cracked all the legs and handed me. I was going to say Catherine
0: those. loves them and she doesn't mind cracking all the legs. No, it drives me crazy. I didn't dude. crack
1: a single leg. I yeah. sit there and eat. I I don't know how many crab legs I eat with, but I didn't crack a single one. She would crack it and hand it to me, and I'd get the I would get the you know the benefit, mm-hmm. you know. And she did all the work, so. She's a sweetheart. She is a sweetheart. Thank you, Catherine. She's always taking care of me. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you had a good Father's Day. It was fun. We were hoping that
0: would, uh, would be the case. Um, yeah, yeah, that we've been, you've, yesterday we went to see a movie.
1: Went to see the Elvis movie. I got to go,
0: I got to go to the movies with you and mom for the first time in a long time. Just, just us. I mean, it's been, I, I don't know when the last time we did anything like we that. We were planning like,
1: on going to the movies, just me and her, so we could sit there and kiss and watch oh, the movie. And then you had to come along and messed all that up. Well, for
0: Catherine's birthday, we got, um, the unlimited regal movie passes. She's a, she loves movies.
1: Who doesn't love going to the and,
0: movies? And, um, so since I had that pass and I heard y'all talking about it, I thought, well, Hey, I might as well go with y'all too. Cause it's only like a, uh, after you buy the pass, they charge you like a dollar fifty to book the show online or from your phone. So it's still it's an extra dollar fifty, but like
1: still a good deal. You know, it's, yeah, still, it's still a good
0: deal. By the t- if you go see three movies within the month, you're you're in good shape. Yeah. But you need to at least pro probably go see three of them anyways we went to see the elvis movie and it was it was
1: fantastic it was I mean, a good movie i i really didn't i didn't really know what to expect from that movie i
0: didn't either and it wasn't necessarily exactly what i expected Mm-mm, me either it was different than what i expected not necessarily in a bad way um
1: but i i did enjoy it yeah it was a good movie um i liked <clears throat> the way that they portrayed elvis in this movie i you know elvis was such an iconic figure um and you it and, and of course he's you know he's been dead what 45 years and there's a lot of a lot of material that's been written and a lot of documentaries that i've seen on elvis and you know you got to see you got to see the side of elvis that was the very kind sweet loving Elvis. And then you also got to see the kind of Elvis that he was when he was on, you know, the drugs Mm. and it wasn't necessarily his fault that he was on those drugs. I I think, I think there were times when it was his fault, but you know, they were just pumping that guy full of drugs to keep him, you know, to get him up and put him down and get him up and put him down. They, They worked him like a horse and it's a, it was very, it's very, very sad. That's, that's what I took away from it was just how sad of a life that guy actually had. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, he loved his fans. His fans loved him. He, he was probably one of the best showmen there ever was in my mind. I mean, the only one that would even come close to him, I think, would be Garth Brooks. Uh, of course, I never saw Elvis live, but I've seen I Garth I was about to say, twice. that's my
0: thing. I've never actually seen a footage i've I've seen like clips of him live but i've never actually sat down and watched like a a full elvis show which i've done that a lot and i don't know i mean i don't know how many of those you could find on youtube i've never searched it but you know some older artists you can find full shows that they've done
1: i am sitting here thinking about elvis you know before he came out they they played the theme from odyssey was it odyssey 2001 or 2001 Odyssey, whatever it is. It's the, the name of the song is Thus Brock Zarathustra or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when <laughs> Elvis came out, they went into CC <clears throat> C. Rider and then he would go into That's All Right Mama. And I, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about hearing that, that theme song and then seeing Elvis come out on stage <laughs> holding his arms up and the cape. Draping down, and him prancing back and forth hmm. across it. I'm, I'm serious. I'm sitting here getting chills, and I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. Last night or yesterday, when we were watching the movie, and they showed him coming out on stage, big old alligator tears started welling up in my eyes. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I, it's just, you know, he just had that ability to to make everybody in that arena. Feel like they were on stage with him. Garth Brooks has got that same ability. Not everybody has that ability. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, somebody else has got it. Why Nona? Dude, yeah. Why Nona puts on one of the best shows that we you'll ever that see. Before. Yeah, I'm. You know, didn't think I was a huge fan of her until I was saw her live, and then I became a fan quick. I saw know. uh Garth Brooks a couple
0: years ago twice within like a two like a week period. Um, I had just gotten back from playing some shows in Indiana, I think, at Tippy Creek Winery, and uh, Mom was like, "Hey, I got tickets." It was me and her and Hunter, and I believe it might have just been the three of us, or maybe Ashley went too. I can't remember, but uh, we saw Garth Brooks up in the very top, mm-hmm. like the very very top, and I remember crying a couple times that night just because it I had never seen garth and i didn't it's kind of like what you said about winona i knew i liked garth and i knew i was a fan but i didn't know that i was as much of a fan of garth as i was until after that show and then i was like gosh dog man i'm a big garth fan and so then my friend reagan ray her dad was working lights for Garth at the time and she had tickets to like the the i think we were on the third row From the actual, from, see, at first second, we were on the third row, um, from Garth and she had an extra ticket every single night of the however many eight nights that he had. So she brought a different friend with her every night. She was kind enough to bring me with her. And that was one of the, one of the coolest nights ever. I mean, literally, I mean, when he came around, he he could spit on me. I could, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like that's how close he was. I
1: could feel his sweat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was unbe- it was really really unbelievable and to um to watch him work that closely um, and and to get to experience it twice and then to also to feel as i was i felt just as emotionally attached to that show up in the, the very top stands mm-hmm. of Bridgestone
1: Arena as i did on the first that's floor that's because he has the ability and i don't know how they do it elvis had it He's got it. Wineona's got it, and I'm sure there are others out there that that that's got this same ability. They've got <clears> the ability <throat> to make you feel like you're right on stage with them. Yeah. He they connect with their audience so very well, and uh, okay, quick quick question. What you got? Favorite Garth Brooks song to see live? Hmm. Mm. And no matter what you say, I'm gonna trump I'm just gonna tell you. Well, it's hard for me to answer because
0: I I don't really – he he has so many that I'm pretty sure he – like I, I, there was different songs within those two shows, if that makes any sense. I'm going like, to
1: throw one out there. I'm going to get your reaction. I was going to say The River, but what you got? Okay, River's good. Call him Baton Rouge.
0: Well, that one's, that one's killer too, for sure, no doubt. Dude, when he does call him Baton Rouge
1: live, it's just like Charlie Daniels playing The Devil Went Down to Georgia live. Yeah. You know, if you if you've never – if you never got to see Charlie play live – the devil went down to Georgia. I'm sorry. You, you Me missed too. out.
0: Me too. And I will say this before we go off on something else, because I don't know how true it was, but I saw something on Facebook the other day that said that Garth played some song somewhere, and it registered it, the the roar from the song, and the crowd was so loud it registered as an earthquake.
1: That was <laughs> I saw that same thing. Do you know what it was? It what? was Colin Baton Rouge in, at LSU. Yeah. How hilarious when is that? The crowd went berserk yeah that's how that and it registered as a as a as an earthquake that is hilarious would you not have just loved to have been in that arena just to experience that one i
0: would have loved to have been in the room with garth when someone told him he registered as an (laughs)
1: earthquake
0: (laughs) because i bet the (laughs) grin on his face was
1: (laughs) i'm telling you man he's 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 good he's he's just that good and uh you know i the the older he gets, it seems like the better he gets to me, you know, the better he sounds. And you sure can't tell he's slowing down any on stage. He runs around like a rat on crack, man. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things
0: about it was at the, at the end of his show, towards the end of his show, um, he just brought out his acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and there were people all in the crowd with signs of their favorite songs that they would hold up during this part, and he would point them out, and he would just sing like a verse and chorus. And like some of these, he's like, I haven't played this in I don't know how yeah. long, but like let, let's go for it. Yeah. And he'll play the verse and the chorus just acoustic, and everybody is
1: hanging on every single little Have note. you seen the clip of him doing that? It was somewhere in Texas. I can't remember what, what city he was in. <clears throat> And he was doing that very thing, brought his guitar out. He was plugged in and he was, you know, playing songs from people in the crowd. And somebody held up Wild Horses, mm-hmm. which is not a Garth Brooks song. Right. It's a George Strait song. And he kind of laughed and he said, I'll play something to the effect of, I'll play that because the king, that's the king song. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play that. He starts playing that. And then out of nowhere, here comes his fiddle player out from behind the stage. And he starts playing, dude. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills just talking about it. And he gets emotional during this song. Yeah, he gets very emotional. I, I, I don't know why, but it, it just. It, I guess just the, the moment. You know, there you are in the state of the king. They ask you to play one of the king's songs, and you feel like, am I really good enough to play a George Strait song in George Strait country? Yeah, you know. And and then you get the. The fiddle player comes out front, out of nowhere, right up behind him, and starts playing. I, I imagine he just he was just overcome by emotion with that whole thing. Yeah, and, uh, that is a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. Is when you get so overcome with emotion by a song that, and I'm not a performer. I'm, I, I, but even when I'm just sitting in the crowd, and you get so overcome with emotion by a song that it just it just it overtakes you. That is a wonderful. God-given feeling right there. Mm-hmm. You know, that just goes to show how strong, how powerful music actually is. Yeah. And how important it is. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know. I don't know anything about music. I just know I like it. You well, know? you know
0: something about it then. I mean, <laughs> you know, whether you, whether you make it yourself on a regular basis or not, you still know something about it. And you know, the most important part is that it is important and that it it, it can do like, it can make you feel things that you don't feel just having a conversation. Not yeah. to say that you can't have a conversation, but, um, oh, it was in the movie yesterday. I feel like it was either a quote or something. Oh, yeah. Elvis said it. Elvis said it. Um, I don't want to like give a lot of way of the movie, but it was something to the effect, effect of he said that a reverend told him one time that something like when you don't have the courage to say the words, sing it or something like that. It may not have been exactly those words, but it was something to that. Um, And there's so much truth to that. Um, When it's hard to say things, sometimes it's easier to sing them.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, you know, that didn't really register with me the way it did with you because you are a songwriter and you are an artist and, but that that's power. Those are some powerful words. Those are very powerful words. I did like, I did like in the movie that they showed the relationship that Elvis had and the respect that he had for African-American musicians and for the, the, you know, the, the the music that he came up with when he was growing up in the Delta of Mississippi. Um, it really said a lot. and, I I knew it, but I didn't know it was as bad as it was. But when he first came came out as an artist, and you know he was quote unquote Elvis to Pelvis, they they were going to lock him up and put him in jail. They they didn't like the fact that he sounded like an African American person, you know. Well,
0: and it, and from what I understand too, now and watching the movie, it wasn't just that; it was like his whole the whole the dance and all of that was kind of like. That was something that they did. That was their thing, and that. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I I found it to be very, um, very cool that they portrayed it like that, right? Um, because they could have portrayed it in other ways as well. One of the scenes that really I was like, "Holy cow!" I would give anything to see this scene in real life. Was when he. Went to that black club and was hanging out with BB King. Yeah, watching right. uh um Little Richard, Little Richard. Yeah, he was watching. He was watching. It was he was hanging out with BB King and watching Little Richard. That was like my favorite scene of the entire movie. And I was like, I would give anything to be able to like
1: walk in that real life scenario. Can you even imagine? Even imagine just being a fly on the wall in that club that night. That's what I'm saying. I, dude. Just the. Just the ambiance. I mean mm-hmm. the talent that you were in the presence of in the, in that club at night. Uh dude, I I recommend everybody go see it. it does have some language in it. Got quite a bit of language. So I know, honestly didn't don't remember take, it being that bad, but don't maybe take Mima's. You know, Mima don't need to go. But uh, you know, well if Mimaw can handle a little language, yeah, she can go. Um uh, but uh very good movie. And I I I'm glad you got to go with us. Me
0: too. I me too. That me was, was me. a lot of fun. And we got to eat dinner together too. And yep. that was that was also a good time and Yeah. So, so thanks good for day. that. Good day. Well, okay, I I tell you what, I uh I spent some time last night going through some stuff. I found some recordings. Did you get some more of
1: them stupid recordings I did when I was a kid. What what are you gonna do today to embarrass me? I don't know what I'm gonna do today to embarrass you. Well, let's hear what you got. You want to just jump right into it? Uh, do you have a backstory? Um, probably not. You probably don't even know what's going on. You're just listening to the, listening to the clips. You probably don't know what's no, going
0: I, on. No, I, I do know what's going on and quite a few of them. So quick, quick to let everybody in on what's going on who may not totally understand. If you haven't listened to um any of our podcasts so far, my, my granddad, dad's dad, Jerry, Recorded a bunch of tapes before he died. And honestly, the more I listened to him and realized that he recorded these throughout his whole life, yeah. basically. I mean, like periodically throughout y'all's lives, he would just get this tape recorder out and start interviewing himself or you guys or just regular re- family members just hanging out. right And the more I listened to it, the more it absolutely, I mean, it, it, so cracks me up, I mean it's literally the exact same thing we're doing right now, except for on a much smaller scale, however many years ago in the
1: eighties daddy bought daddy bought a tape recorder about nineteen seventy three seventy four and back then those little handheld tape recorders were very expensive they were you know back then a hundred dollars which in 1973, $100, that was probably what he made in three weeks. Right. You know, or two weeks or whatever. I don't even really know, but it was a lot of money. And um he bought it primarily to do this. Yeah. To Because, it, you know, people had movie cameras and things like that, but it, we couldn't afford one, you know. So he he got what he could afford to right. record, to get some of this stuff on, you know, on tape. Yeah. And, uh, some of it I have not listened to in probably 40 years. So the clips that you, we've played so far, I'd forgotten about them. Yeah. You know, so I'm kind of anxious to see what you got. Yeah. I would, I would imagine that quite a few of these you probably haven't
0: heard since he record, y'all recorded them. Okay. Um, which I just found to be interesting. And so what, anyways, what I found last night, was just cool in the fact that, like, literally he was telling some stories that we've already talked about telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we're getting to bring Paul in on, I mean, literally, almost like we're interviewing him.
1: Hey, tomorrow's his birthday. No way. Yeah, it is. Holy cow. Okay, so this is perfect. This is perfect. June the 27th, my daddy's birthday.
0: All right, so let me
1: me throw my headphones on here. Okay. Get official.
0: we'll We'll jump straight into that. All right check 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 mic check check alright my headphones are on let's go to the first thing let's see here ok so this first one um, we back up well, actually I think we've talked about it a few times but just using tobacco and stuff yeah so <clears throat> this is one I found of Paul talking about first time he got caught smoking
2: ok I remember the first time I got caught smoking I'm just telling a lot of this old stuff so the kids can get a kick out of it someday. Uh, sometimes, Saturday at old Haskell School, I'd walk home. But anyway, uh, I'd get, a little, get, in the horse, get in the cart before the horse here. Mama sent me to the store one day. While I thought Wallace at the store would get something, probably, or some little something for supper that day. She gave me two nickels. <clears throat> an extra dime or something told me, said so. Give me a new popsicle. And I said, alright. So I was about, oh, I guess probably maybe seven years old believe. then. So I went up to the store, got whatever I was supposed to do, and I got mama a popsicle. Instead of me getting me a popsicle, I got me a sack of
1: tobacco.
2: <laughs> probably a country gentleman, I imagine, probably what it was. And I come back home <coughs> and I hit it in the first old toilet we had down the lower side of the House. And uh, she had, well, she asked me, she says, Where's your when I carried her popsicle in? She said, Where's your popsicle? And I said, Oh, I ate it on the way home. Liar. <laughs> and she said, uh, well you eat in hurry or something like that anyway, it went on like that, so some of the kids and because I walked home in school there, maybe some even I'd walk home with them or something. I don't remember for sure. But anyway, I'd give them some of it. And then one day I had the tobacco somehow. I started up on the front porch or something. Probably going to roll me a cigarette. And mama saw me or something. And I went out, throw the tobacco off in the weed beside the house. Up there. And uh, she evidently, she caught me of the tobacco away, and made me go get it and then she spanked me for it. I'm pretty sure she spanked me that day. I need it anyway. Whether she did or didn't, i feel an evil it. And, uh, I don't remember what i done with it after that, but I finally, I started smoking. I wish I'd never done that. That's something nobody ought to ever do it don't guess. But anyway, uh, that was one little thing, the old thing that I remember
1: that happened to me. Well, I I had not heard that recorded, but I do remember that story. Mm-hmm. I remember him telling me that story. It made me laugh. But as soon as you remembered that, you said, oh, I remember this. That's Yeah, funny. I remember that. Amazingly enough, the people that owned Wallace's store sold my daddy a pack of tobacco, a pouch of tobacco when he was seven how hysterical seven years old i'm gonna go buy a pack of tobacco and a popsicle but you know <laughs> but you know the thing is back then there there weren't laws right there weren't laws in place i mean you know uh and my granddaddy smoked my, my dad's dad smoked so they probably thought he was buying it for him and uh yeah so he just uh you know he thought he was he thought he was really cool that is hysterical though to think about a seven-year-old buying tobacco buying tobacco a a, a pouch of tobacco yeah now he <laughs> now he didn't say anything about having any rolling papers i don't know how he. i guess he took some rolling papers from papa's or something and went out there and tried. i can't even imagine being seven years old and smoking Dude, he probably either. never smoked. He he probably didn't even smoke it. He probably just showed it to his buddies. Dude, I don't know though. I could totally
0: see that happening with them like having literally think about how little they had and like the technology they didn't have. You know, there's not a lot to do. Like I could totally see if Yeah, I could see I I remember trying to take uh like uh already smoked cigarettes and like trying to relight them and smoke them when i was little that's
1: just nasty it's pretty gross that's just <laughs> nasty man you gotta be hard up for a smoke if you're gonna take them the ones that somebody done been drawing on and trying to light it back up but uh all right so to give you a little bit of background to that story right there um haskell's there's just there's a road that if you're going into fairview on the right there's a there is a road there on the right, right, right as you get into Fairview called Haskell School Road, and just to the left of that entrance to that street is where the old Haskell school, school set. And I just barely remember the building sitting there. It was it was in bad shape when I was little. And of course it's gone now. Um so he walked from there to their house on Highway one hundred, which if you turn off on um um, blame, I forgot the name of that road. Anyway, um, Wallace's store is uh, Buried Treasures Antique Store. Oh, okay. Okay. So that was Wallace. That Buried Treasures Antique Store is, was Wallace's it store. makes total sense that he walked there now. He walked there. Yeah. And then their house from there was probably 300 yards on the right. So he didn't have, you know, the total distance might have been a half mile from school mm-hmm. to his house. So it wasn't a far walk. Mm-hmm probably a pretty good little step for a seven year old, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't surprise me that granny told him to get, get him and her a popsicle. Cause that woman loved ice cream. That's hysterical. Absolutely. So that, that doesn't surprise me any at all. Um, and the more I think about it, it really doesn't surprise me that they sold him the tobacco given the, you know, the times that we're talking. Cause we're talking daddy was, that'd be 1953. He would have been seven in
0: 1953.
1: Right. So, um, yeah i can i can see all that taking place but he just what? my dad just was not that cool to have smoked at seven years old maybe he did i don't know he might have been puffing on them like a freight train i don't know but i i just can't see a, a seven year- old out there just really enjoying a good cig. you know maybe they did i don't get it <laughs> i know i tried to smoke when i was a teenager a young teenager right. like 12 13 14 years old and they made me sick. I think you talked a little bit about this when we did the the grapevine. Yeah, they made me sick. I, episode. I thank God they did. I wish the same thing had happened to chewing tobacco and dip. I wish it which it did make me sick and I was just stupid enough to keep trying it. You know? Yeah. So uh yeah, that was uh that was a good story. It was good to hear Dad's voice.
0: Yeah, it, it always is. And that that was I just thought it was funny that he was like also to you just literally just sitting around thinking of stories that y'all might think was funny to sit around and listen to later on and it just was funny that we told those stories about ourselves in this podcast already and guess what you know when you
1: have a boy one day he's gonna sit there and tell about the time he tried to yeah for the no no that's what i'm saying for the first time you know? it's all
0: and that's kind of what i was laughing about last night i was like i guess everybody goes through that at some point and it's just uh you know Cool to sit and tell stories.
1: And he said, he said that he couldn't remember if granny spanked him or not. I guarantee you granny didn't spank him. <sighs> he was an only child. He was a spoiled brat. I love my daddy, but his mom and daddy spoiled him to the nth degree. I guarantee you she didn't spank him. And I guarantee you when she told Papa when he got home, he didn't spank him either. <clears throat> and they both should have just tore him up. <laughs> that's what's wrong with my daddy he didn't get what, what what was wrong with him he didn't get tore up enough when he was little
0: <laughs> okay so I got a question for you <laughs> all right. what all do you remember about learning to drive
1: oh man well you know things were a lot different then um, I remember daddy had a 40, a 51 Chevrolet pickup truck that he drove for years and we kind of Quote unquote fixed the truck up. So I saved up my money. and We went down to the Western Auto and we got some paint cans and I got to get me a steering wheel cover and we, uh, we did get an old radio that had an eight, uh, that had a, no, it had an eight track player in it. So it had, I had eight, some eight track cassette, uh, eight track tapes. I remember one of them was the great Statler brothers greatest hits and we, we rigged that radio up in that old truck and that's what I learned to drive in and i actually started driving that truck i was probably about 13 and uh wow yeah i was like in the i was like in eighth grade and you know we were we were allowed to drive down the road we couldn't go up the road we couldn't go toward the highway but we were allowed to drive down the road all the way to the end and turn around and come back. Or we could go down Carter Road and turn around and come back. Or we could do both. Yeah. You know. The funny thing is, go down Taylor Road, the chief of police lived about a mile from our house. Name was Bob Odom, and he was the chief of police out there at the time. Right. And, of course, he'd see us driving past his house. You know, never never said a word. Of course, we we knew better than to go fast or do something stupid, because if word got back to daddy, that was it, you know. So, I mean, I'm sure there were times when i get down there, a bunch of places, you know, some places where there weren't any houses, I kind of got on it pretty good and punched <laughs> it. But, uh you know, I made sure there wasn't anybody around to see it, especially the chief of police, you know. And so that's that's what I learned to drive in. Uh, it was three on a tree. I'd, I'd give you anything to have that old truck back. I'd like to ride in just one more time. And what time. kind was it again? It was a 51 Chevrolet pickup truck, custom cab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll so. Have to look up a picture of one of those I later. did, uh, I, 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 I had a lot of fun learning to drive in that truck. Yeah. And, you know, the neighbor kids around, every, you know, a lot of the neighbor kids have four wheelers and three wheelers and things like that. But I had a truck, <laughs> you know, and we, we had a lot of fun. And got to use it a lot around there. You know, people would holler at me and ask them, "Could I haul?" You know, throw something in the back of the truck and haul it down to the holler for them or something like that. And I, I get mm. to do that. And I thought I was grown. <laughs> you know, I was thirteen years old. I thought I was grown when an when an adult stopped me and asked me, "Could I help them do something with that old truck?" You know? Yeah. We just had we just had a lot of fun with that. Of course, there wasn't any traffic on the road then. I mean, you might sit there for three hours and not see a car go down the road. Yeah. It, you couldn't do that today. No. You couldn't do it today.
0: No. Um, you couldn't do that on
1: Taylor Road when, when I was a kid. No, even when you were a kid, we yeah. couldn't. Um, then we had, uh, we had a field up there behind my granddaddy's house. We had about three acres up there and we had us a, a track where we drive around in circles. Yeah. In that, in that field up there. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I learned drive. I don't remember really getting, driving lessons until I got my driver's permit when I was 15. And then I had to drive everywhere. Right. If daddy went somewhere and I was with him, I had to drive. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My daddy was not a very good driver teacher. He, he, uh, I was very curious. Uh, no, he was not very good. He was not nearly as calm and cool and collective as I was when I was teaching. I can only imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember one time, Oh gosh scared me to death. I was probably, I was 15, and we had to drive to French Lick, Indiana to pick up some cabinets for Tennessee building products. And Daddy let me skip school that day, and I drove all the way to French Lick, Indiana and back. That's pretty good a little lick for a 15 year old. Yeah, dude. That's a, and we, that's a, that's a, a big lick right now. We spent a lot of time on the interstate and, uh, once you get past Bowling Green, Kentucky back then to get to French Lick, Indiana, there wasn't anything. There was nothing. There, yeah. You know, that you get off on these exits and there wasn't a convenience store. There wasn't, you know, McDonald's. There, there was nothing, Yeah, you know, just farmland. That's all it was. And so we went up there. We picked up the cabinets. We're headed back. And I guess I got a little bit sleepy, you know, and dad noticed it. And he said, are you, uh, you getting tired? And I said, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Well, I guess I got a little bit tired again. And he said, let me see your hand. I said, well, what you want to see my hand for you? He said, let me just see your hand. So like a fool, I reached the back of my hand over there and he hauled off and smacked the back of my hand. I mean, just <laughs> made it ring, buddy. And I said, "What did you do that for?" He said, "Wake up." He said, "Don't you dare sit over there and get tired." Wake up, he said. If he said, "If I see you going to sleep again, say so I'm gonna do it again." <laughs> well, I didn't even bat an eye from you know Bowling Green back to Nashville because I was afraid he'd smack my hand again. I mean, he he buddy he hauled off and smacked the back of my hand, and it just it just rung. That's you know? hilarious. But i I I didn't I didn't go to sleep, and I yeah. learned I learned a lesson from that. Yeah, it's better than falling asleep. You don't want to do that. And uh, I remember one time we were riding on the interstate, and this truck was coming over on us. I, he obviously didn't see me. I didn't see him. And I remember daddy letting out a blood-curdling scream that you I, – I will never forget. I thought somebody had done cut his head off. Yeah. Scared me to death. I slammed on my brakes, and had I not – slammed on the brakes a truck would have hit me obviously the truck didn't see me or he didn't care one or the other i don't know but if i hadn't slammed on my brakes he would have he wouldn't he would have put pushed us off the road and i remember daddy said just pull over pull over pull over so i pulled over on the side of the interstate said okay we're just gonna have to sit here a minute and and just calm down we're just gonna have to calm down well i you know Uh, Yeah, I I, I probably needed to calm down because I was driving, but he's the one that needed to calm down. He's the one about had the heart stroke, (laughs) uh, you know, doing that. So um, I remember my grandma, Sullivan, took a job when uh, it was the summer after I got my permit. So it was to be the summer of 84. And she took a job delivering telephone books. (laughs) Y'all – Nobody has telephone books anymore. But right. back then we didn't have the internet. So we had to if you went to find somebody's phone number, you had to go to the phone book. And so that's how the 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 telephone company delivered they hired people to deliver the phone books to right. people. So we had a list of people and I don't know, we delivered 100 150 phone books a day for 3 or 4 days and I drove her around for 3 or 4 days delivering phone books. Hmm. And she paid me to do that to show for her around. And, you know, sometimes we'd have to, I'd have to get out and take them to the front doorstep and drop them off. Or, you know, we could leave them at the mailbox. It just really depended on, you know, the situation. Right. But I remember doing that. And that's about all I remember. I mean, I think she just basically sat over there and told me where to go and we, uh we delivered the phone books. So that, I thought that was cool to get to do that Yeah. in an air conditioned car in the middle of, you know, in the middle of the summer. Is a lot better than the hayfield. I'll tell you that. I can only imagine. It's a lot better than the hayfield. So, um,
0: it, it it's, uh, it, I'm glad you just told me all those stories because it's funny to hear. I've always been curious to know what re- learning how to drive with Paul would be like because I know what learning how to drive with you was like. Now you fixing to tell a bunch of big tales. Yeah. That ain't true. I ain't necessarily going to tell a bunch of big tales, but Pop T over here is not the easiest person to ride in the car with, but I will say this. I also have never been in your situation teaching my kid how to drive, so I can only imagine what that situation is like when you're the one financially responsible for the kid and the vehicle. It,
1: but it's not the finances. It's it's not the finances. It's the fact that you are about to give a kid a, a, you know, a half ton machine on four wheels that has so much power. Right. But, so. and it's just, when you, when you think of it that way, when you, you know, you think of, a, okay, I'm, you, you're going to get a car. But you, when you think that it's a machine that can take a life so quickly. And things can happen so quickly, and you just you just try to in, you just do your best to try to instill into the mind of the child who's going to be driving here in a year what what responsibility you have when you get behind the wheel of that car. I would give you this same conversation today. Right, you're almost thirty, and I would give you the same conversation today. And I know you got something to say, but let me finish because this is so important. Things can happen so quickly. And I may get behind the wheel of a car today and do something stupid and kill myself. I wouldn't do it intentionally. It's just, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But you have got to watch everybody. You've got to watch everything. You've got to be so aware of your surroundings. And it it's frightening, especially when you're giving it to a 16-year-old kid. Because I know... Every 16 year old kid is going to be just like I was the day I got my license. And as soon as daddy was out of the car with me, I said, I, I got it. I got this, man. I got a, I got a car. I, I burned up three trip. quarters of a tank of gas the day I turned 16. And how many, how many donuts did you do? Oh, so many. See there. And how many, how many, uh, black marks did you leave on the road? Quite a few. Okay. See, everybody does it. Everybody does it. And yeah. And as a daddy. You know they're going to do it, yeah. and you know what's going to happen.
0: Right. Know. Well, here's what I was saying. Whenever I was learning how to drive with Papa T over here, this dude would have his hand clenched on the, the console on the left and have his right arm or hand clenched up on the grip mm-hmm. on the ceiling. I still do that. Still does it, but even worse back then, man, he would be fully tensed up the whole time. And we'd be a hundred yards off from a car and as soon as you'd see red lights, you'd go brake, 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 break, brake, brake. Every freaking time, dude. Every time. Break break, brake, 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 I still do that. Yeah.
1: Break, 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 break.
0: Yeah, it's pretty intense. And uh your your anxiety gets going pretty bad whenever. And here's the deal. Traffic on the road, that's another thing I was going to say. You were talking about how, like, there was never any traffic around. That's totally different from what I grew up with. You know, when we were 15, when I was 15, we were going to Brentwood every day. Yeah. From Fairview. And so we were actually in some pretty intense. We were. Traffic that you had to pay attention to a lot. Right. So. There was lots of opportunities for me to to get in close calls that made you made you stressed out. But um what were you gonna say?
1: Well let me uh let me let me tell everybody the story about me negotiating with the insurance agent when you turned sixteen years old. Okay. Okay. So we've had the same insurance agent for our family's been with State Farm Insurance since the fifties. And we've had this one the same agent for I I don't know. I've known Craig McElhaney for twenty five years, thirty years. I don't know. It's been a long time. Right. And um so you were getting ready to turn sixteen. I called him, and told him, hey, you know, we need to get Jesse on our on our insurance policies, getting ready to turn sixteen. We talked about some programs that they had to help get the rates down, and then he gave me the rate. And I said, There is no way that I'm gonna pay that kind of money for insurance for a sixteen year old. And he said, well, that's, you know, that's the rate. And so I called around to some other agents and, and I got a better rate. And so I was going <clears> to, <throat> I was going to get your insurance on a, on a new insurance with a new insurance company. Right. So I called him back to, you know, to let him know, cause we're, we're, we're pretty good friends. Right. And he's like, Travis, I'm begging you don't do that. And I said, "No, Craig, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it through another insurance company. I'm not going to pay the rate that you quoted me. We've been we've been with your company for 50 years and, you know, I I can save $100 a month going to this other company." And he said, "Travis here's the thing." He said when Jesse has an accident and he's going to, which really made me angry that he said that. He shouldn't you shouldn't have been angry. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you serious? You know, Uh, How how do you how do you even come when when you know he's going to have an accident? That was the best thing he could have said to you. And he said, "You know, I'm begging you not to do this." He said, "I would never, I would never tell you this." He said, "I'm I'm not telling you this just to stay with us." He said, "I'm telling you, when he has his accident, that other insurance company is going to drop him like a like a brick. Then you're going to have to come back to State Farm and start him on a new policy, which is going to cost you way more than what you're paying right now." Right. So I got to thinking about it, and I said, okay. And he said, now, look, if he goes a year and doesn't have an accident, the rate will come down a little bit. It's not, you know. Seven days after you got your driver's license. I know. Seven days. I'm sitting at the office one morning, and you call me. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I say, hey, bud, what's up? Well, um. I was coming to school this morning, and uh, I knew what was what was happening. I said, "I said, stop! Is everybody okay? <laughs> Everybody's fine. We're all fine." I said, "Okay, finish your story." And you had sideswiped a bridge, <laughs> a concrete bridge in Belmede, of all places. <laughs> I called Craig. You think you hated making the phone call to me to let me know you'd sideswiped a bridge? Can you imagine how I felt having to call Craig McElhaney, our insurance agent, after preaching to him mm-hmm. about the rate and how I, you know I didn't say this to him, but how I felt that he was going to insinuate that my son who was going to have an accident. And I called Craig and I said, "Craig, have you ever had have you ever had to eat crow?" <laughs> and he said, "More times than you can count." I said, "Well, I am calling to eat crow this morning," and I said. <laughs> He said, "Oh no, what happened?" And I told him, and uh we ended up getting the car fixed. That we paid for it out of pocket. It wasn't as bad as you know. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as. uh It was. It wasn't bad enough. If we had turned into insurance. But he told me he. I, he said these words, and I'll never forget. It. He said, "Jesse Taylor is making me sound like a prophet." Jesse Taylor is making me sound like a prophet. So all right, you know. So anyway, Youngin's driving. That's a that's a tough thing for a daddy to deal with, but it 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 has to happen. To be fair, it was a hot day. I was at a
0: stop sign. <laughs> there was a sprinkler spraying water across the median. Okay, so both sides of the road was dry. The middle median part was a big pool of water, and I was trying to catch a little tire, and I caught a little tire in that water, and I caught a little too much tire. And you caught the
1: side of that bridge. And just
0: slid right into that bridge. Yeah. Good times.
1: Yeah. Same, same th- kind of thing happened to me one time. Yeah. Uh, it was snow on the ground. We were out of school. My buddy, uh, called me and said, Hey, why don't you come to my house? We're playing, we're going to walk down here to this store and play video games and uh, pinball. Well, I thought that sounded like a great idea. And so I'm, I get ready and. I get ready to walk out the door, and Dad said, where do you think you're going? I said, I'm going over to Alan's house. We're going to go play pinball. He said, you're not going to go out in this snow in that truck. I had a 73 Chevrolet pickup truck that had no weight in the back, none. Mm-hmm. You could almost pick that truck up if you wanted to. It had no weight. And I begged, "Dad, Dad please let me go. Let me go. You know, Because I'd driven in the snow some. You know, I I was 16. I knew what I was doing. I knew everything at 16, you know. And Daddy said, all right, son, I'm going to let you go. He said, call me when you get to Allen's. Call me before you leave. And whatever you do, don't punch it. That was the last word you said when I walked out the door. Right. Made it over to Allen's fine. I was so safe, so careful, didn't punch it. Coming back home, I wanted to just see if the roads were still slick enough that we weren't going to have to go to school the next day. Now, let me just describe to you the road. It was white. Right. But I just wanted to see if it was still You asleep. had to just, I just check. Had to check. <laughs> so I was sitting at a stop sign, and I punched it. And I went about, I don't know, 30 yards, and I was getting it pretty good. And then all of a sudden, that rear end of that truck decided it wasn't going the same direction I was going. It decided <laughs> it was going another direction. direction. I... Flipped that car, I did a 180 (laughs) in the middle of that little road, and ended up in Harris Goodwin's fence row. (laughs) So somehow, by the grace of God, I was able to get the truck out of the fence row. Saw that I'd messed up Mr. Goodwin's fence, and I knew I was going to have to fix it, so I knew I had to get home to get some baling wire, and some ham and, and a couple of hammers and some nails and stuff to get over there to fix Mr. Goodwin's fence. And when I pulled in the driveway, Daddy's sitting standing at the back door. And when I get out, he said, What uh, what happened? I said, Nothing. Everything's fine. He goes, Boy, don't lie to me. He said, I can see it in your face. What'd you do? I said, well, daddy, I ended up in Harris Goodwin's fence. I got to go fix his fence. So daddy got in the truck with me. We went over there and fixed Mr. Goodwin's fence and went in there and told him what, what had happened. And, uh, you know, all the way home, he preached to me about punching it. You know, you, you should have never punched it. I knew, I knew I should have never punched it and I deserved the, 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 preaching. And of course, you know, he, every time I got behind the wheel of the car, probably one of the last times I saw him, he said, son, whatever you do, don't punch it when you go out here now. You
0: know, I never lived it down. It is hilarious. Mind, so. All right, let me hit you with one real quick before okay. uh, I play something else here in a second. Okay. Uh, you remember that time I was about twelve years old? We were doing a garage sale, and I don't remember what we had to go do. I don't. Maybe it was going to take some stuff to the dump. I don't remember what it was, but you were like Jesse. Do you want to drive? And I was about twelve years old, and I could not believe it. You had that Impala. I can't believe I did that. I can't,
1: can't believe I did that.
0: And you said. How irresponsible of me. You said hop on in there. And I took off driving. I made it all the way down Taylor Road. And then we got to the stop sign before you get to on Highway 100. Oh, I do And remember. I was sitting at the stop sign. And this is where everything went wrong. I just didn't understand how, how much turning the wheel compensated for. Mm-hmm. So I thought I needed to. It was a real. You're like on a hill by the way guys and you have to turn sharp real sharp left right and so you're on the hill and you're also in the bend of a curve yeah 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 so it's a real sharp left turn right there if you don't know what you're doing it's not the easiest one to pull out onto and it's how it was like a 45 mile an hour highway so cars are coming anyways we had a bit of a break and i pulled up or I I hit the gas and when I did instead of my car going to the left into my lane it went into the lane with oncoming traffic mm-hmm. and I froze and mm-hmm. I, luckily I didn't like we weren't going fast but we were in that lane going and the cars that were coming at us could tell something was wrong and they were like slowing down to where we wouldn't collide but you you finally got me like I I remember freezing up and just not knowing what to do and you were like press the gas press the gas because you were you'd already grabbed the wheel to turn it out of the way i like to get us back into the lane and I remember getting us back into that lane being scared to death you being scared to death and you being like all right let's just park this thing right here yeah we pulled over <laughs> we, but I don't <laughs> remember where we pulled over at to to like trade I off. But I don't either. I remember getting back
1: to the house and being like, "Dude, I think I can go a little while without driving." You know, and the thing is, it, it's one of those. It's one of those moments when you go, "Yeah, this probably wasn't the best decision I've ever made." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I. I don't think I got angry at you for that. No, you didn't. I think I explained. You were to angry you, with yourself. I, I. I think I explained to you, Jesse. You. When you're in a situation like that. You can't just freeze up. You can't like that. freeze up. You've yeah. got to react. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I, I, think I kicked myself pretty hard for, uh, just, yeah, cause you know. it was, it,
0: I think you were just aggravated. You were like, that, we should not have gotten on the highway like that. We should have just stayed the on back. Roads. Yeah. But I think it was, I was doing decent doing that and I just didn't understand how much a turn, you know what I'm yeah. saying? but i found out that day dude i found out that day okay so that's that's one of my driving stories and if i think of any other good ones we might tell you later but uh let's see here i've got uh another one from paul over here let me make sure i got the right thing here check this one out
2: well it's me again i had to figure out where they was at on that tape there so i wouldn't go over what they were saying most of this other I'm going over just music well it's all I reckon music sounded like an old television show that they had taped and might rather hear the television might rather leave the television show on here as to uh, hear me I don't know but anyway uh, I, I try not to tape over what they've taped because I like to listen to them now and saying when they was little and uh I love you, younguns. Always have, and Linda. You know I do. I love y'all. And uh, i was trying to think of some old stuff that I done when I was a kid that, that you kids might enjoy. Um, uh, I remember learning to drive. <laughs> Papa and Dad Reese taught me to drive. They uh Papa had an old 53 Ford that I learned to drive in. And Dad Reese had an old fifty model Studebaker. Baker. And he used to let me drive a lot when I was down there. And uh I used to go to work with him. He'd be building a house or doing a little carpenter work or something, man. I'd go with him. And sometimes whoever he's working for might pay me 50 cents uh, an hour or something like that to hit him. And some of them, you know, of course, if he was doing something like painting or something, I wouldn't get to help. But I'd go with him just to get to drive to the end of the Eagle Creek Road and back, whichever way he was doing most times up toward Wainsborough but I'd go stay all day with in fact mom packed me a lunch too and one day I remember he had some apples we eat our lunch we stopped and ate eat our dinner it belonged about middling and I guess man I was so hungry and uh, I probably said something to him about it being hungry and uh, he said uh, well, I believe he went out to the car where it was and looked under the front seat or in the front seat in a little old paper sack or something. And he had some apples he picked up that morning or something laid in the car. Anyway, it was some little old apples. Man, they were the best things. They tasted so good. I been a, just got hungry. You know, kid like, I got hungry. And uh, But I'd go with him and, and drive. And I've told you all this before. Uh One time I got in the car with Fat Mom and backed out in the road, and I cut one of them long, walk, kind of quiet ones, and she mm. says, mm-mm, said you just can't get in the car with Jerry unless he just shits. Yep.
1: Man, <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on here. I told you you're going to have to edit some of those things that daddy says,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but ain't that the truth though? Boy, we literally told the story. I told the story about that time as an boy when he about chased that guy out of the bathroom at McDonald's. Dude, I'm
1: telling you right now, my daddy would, oh, he was awful. It was, it, it, was, and he thought, he thought it was so funny. To do something like
0: anytime that. anytime he could trap you in a in a car, yeah, a car, elevator,
1: anything like anything, that, anything, anything. I you mentioned that I remember one time we we went somewhere and we were on an elevator, and as soon as we got on, Daddy, you know, did his thing, and it wasn't thirty seconds. The door opened and two fellas walked on the elevator with us. <clears throat> and it was awful. And Daddy looked at me and said, mm, Son, <laughs> you messed your pants. <laughs> and them two fellas kind of turned around and looked at me. And of course, I knew there wasn't any need in denying it because they'd already got made up in their mind that I was the one who did it. <laughs> and uh, when they, you know, when I was probably, I don't know, i was grown i was probably 20 21 one, twenty two years old and i just we got off of the elevator i said that is about as low a thing as you could do right there I yeah. said, that you have taken lowness to a new level daddy that's that's pitiful right there but yeah i can i can uh hear that sorry for the sorry for the language y'all, that was hilarious but, uh, though you know you had to know my dad. I,
0: like, I was going to cut that out, but at the same time, I had to leave it in because that was the, one of the jariest
1: things I've ever heard and in my life. And it was so funny that Fat Mom said that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my great-grandmother, my grandmother's mother, because I never heard her say anything, even remotely close to something like that. And for her to say that, I just imagine she was about as aggravated at him as as I was that day on the elevator. Yeah, yeah. I mean...
0: Dude, not only did he enjoy doing that, but it was so bad that it could, I mean, he it thought was, it,
1: I think my daddy actually thought that passing gas was an art form.
0: I think he did too, but I'm saying like it his were so bad that they would, they would really make you like That's
1: sick. That's cause stuff. He eat the crappiest stuff. Oh, dude. He'd eat liver cheese and souse meat. Didn't one yeah.
0: time you and Keith mess with him at work and he like, intentionally ate a bunch of beans or something and just ripped on y'all all day long. The, uh,
1: one day, a good buddy of mine, good friend of mine worked with him for years named Nelson Dodd went into the break room when we were all working at Tennessee building products and daddy was eating pork and beans and green onions. And he said, Oh, Jerry, he said, I don't know why you're eating those pork and beans and green onions. He said, you're going to fog up this place, and they're going to shut it down. They're (laughs) going to think we got a gas leak up here. And he said, Nelson, he said, I don't even like pork and beans. He said, I just eat them so I can pass gas. (laughs) (laughs) And we were all working in the same office that day, and I actually went down to the supply closet and got a can of Lysol and brought it back in there. Daddy had got up to go somewhere, would get – drink of water or, or go to the restroom or something. And I went in there and fogged his office with Lysol mm. and he, and shut the door and he went back in there and opened the door and he's in there gagging and heaving because there's so much Lysol in there. And I told him, I said, do not do that again. I said, we can't even breathe back here. He said, you're choking me to death with all this Lysol. I said, "Yet yeah, you can sit in there and smell flatulence <laughs> and not choke to death, but Lysol is going to kill you. You know, okay. I I okay. I got you. You know. We had a lot of fun. My dad and I. We we did have a lot of fun. We uh we we just uh I don't know. Um uh, Daddy was the same person no matter where you saw him. Yeah. You know, I remember one time we went to church with him and there sat daddy on the back row with a pullover shirt, a pair of suspenders and a pair of sweatpants on. <laughs> at church. <laughs> you know, that's what he wore when he was at home. That's what he wear at church. He's the same no matter where you saw him. And he loved everybody. He mm-hmm. just loved everybody. And he loved to sit and talk to people. He loved to tell stories. And um, you know, it, Daddy was one of those people that if you know if somebody told him a, a joke at some point during the week and it wasn't an appropriate joke, and he told it at home, he'd tell it at church too. <laughs> you know, not to the whole church, just to a certain group, but. That's the way Daddy was, you know. Whatever you saw, what you saw is what you got with Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't put it on airs for anybody. Well, he did like to watch a little bit of TV too, right? Oh yeah, we used to love to watch old movies, yeah. old westerns and stuff.
0: Um, I I got one more clip I want to play for you real quick. Okay, and and it just I just found it to be interesting, um, because we like to sit around and watch TV too and I, I remember sitting around watching TV with Paul and I remember watching some of this stuff with him but I just thought it was cool that he kind of sat around for a minute and talked a little bit about some TV shows.
2: Okay. I just thought of the, some of the television shows that we we our days that you might remember. Uh... I don't know when y'all will play this thing and listen to it, but uh, you might play, you might get out the tape player and play it this evening. <laughs> but anyway, just something you can remember. Uh, we usually watch uh, Ralph Emery every morning. You remember the other day, Travis, you called, I mean, wrote in for Granny and Papa's wedding anniversary to be telecast on the Ralph Emery show. Uh, and uh, then on the day, let's see, there's things like uh, <coughs> can't remember some of them. Uh, Tattletale. What about Whammy? We was watching Whammy here the other day. You said Melissa call it, Baby, Benny, I believe what you said. And uh, all stuff like The Price is Right. Oh, yep. I watch them all. Remember old Andy Griffith shows and stuff like that. Facts of Life's on right now. <laughs> Fix and go off. Uh, then in the evenings, we usually watch The Waltons and Chips, and uh, maybe Sanford and Son, and uh, or uh, Mash. Uh, we like uh, we like to watch at night. We like to watch uh, bloopers and stuff like that. Those uh, we like to watch the repeats those old bloopers or old movies and stuff like that old television show how about The Honeymooners we watch The Honeymooners sometime at night Uh, and let's see uh, we like uh, That's Incredible and stuff like that we like to watch that sometimes a good movie comes on what about uh, What's That and Where Nails In Uh, uh, Give Me a Break Three's Company is another one uh, Alice Charlie's Angels, uh, lots of them shows, see, you might not, you might not remember in a long time if you keep this old tape, it don't matter, I mean, where you keep it or not. <laughs> uh... See, what else is some of them shows that comes on? I can't, I can't think of them. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up here and stir as far, see if I can get it to pick up a little bit, and I'll get back on here and give you a little more. This tape don't lack much running off, I don't think.
1: Yeah, so it, um, yeah, He mentioned, one of the first things he mentioned on there was Ralph Emery. Yeah. And that was a morning... Um, I guess you'd call it like a variety program. They have, they'd have the news and they'd have the traffic and they'd have the weather and they'd have snowbird during the winter to you if school was open or not. And then they would have these artists, um uh, local artists would get up there and, and play music and, and sing. Um, uh, some of them that I remember being on there that, uh, that, that y- y'all, y'all may know Lori Morgan was on there quite a bit. Um, I remember watching her before she, you know, uh, started making records and things like that. Um, but that was a show that everybody watched of the morning. You, you got all your information you needed before you went to work or school from, from the Ralph Emory show. And, uh, so they would have a section on there where Ralph would wish people happy birthday and happy anniversary and things like that. So I wrote in and told them what day Granny and Pawpaw's anniversary was and wanted Ralph Embry to wish them a happy anniversary. So I, I remember getting up that morning just to see if he would do it, mm-hmm. and he did, and he said to Leo and Geneva Taylor, happy anniversary. I don't remember what year it was and how how long they'd been married, but yeah. happy anniversary. So that at that time, and my entire life, I stopped at Granny and Pawpaw's on the way out to school. I'd yeah. walk from school, catch the bus up there. Because Granny always got up and cooked big breakfast. Right. And I'd eat breakfast with him. And I walked in and I remember her saying, oh, honey, did you see Ralph Emery this morning? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he wished us a happy anniversary. She said, me and Papa both forgot that they was our anniversary. He wished <laughs> us a happy anniversary. <laughs> That's hysterical. And Papa hysterical. was sitting over there in his chair just grinning from ear to ear. You know, he, he neither one of them expected it. Yeah. You know. And, uh, so yeah, that's a, uh, I had forgotten about it. That's another thing I had forgotten about. Yeah. That's, that's amazing that, that that popped up there. And I just had, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that and probably since then, to be yeah. honest with you. But I do remember that day, that morning, I remember getting up myself early, turned it on. I had my, I had my shower. I was dressed to go to school, everything. I was sitting, I watched Ralphie. I was glued to the TV. I just wanted to see if he was going to wish them a happy anniversary. And lo and behold, if he didn't do it. Yeah. And then Granny met me at the door. Oh honey. You know. She That's was so hilarious. excited about it.
0: That's hilarious. Well, I just figured it would be funny to play it was funny. It was cool to play that and watch you like like react to all the T V shows that he said and I figured it would be and um one of those that I specifically remember watching a lot with him is Andy Griffith. You know, which the I know you. one I me.
1: expected him to say and I was shocked that he didn't say it. Uh-huh. Was all in the family.
0: From I feel did. like maybe he did, maybe Arch, he didn't. Archie Bunker. Yeah, because I feel like I watched that. I I remember watching that with him too. But maybe he didn't list list that in there. I I
1: don't, I don't think he did. Because I, I was I was paying attention to him. I really wanted it. to hear him say that. My daddy thought that Archie Bunker was the cream of the crop. That's hilarious. He thought that character was the funniest thing on TV. Very cutting edge. Very political. Yeah, if not very. Not very kind in a lot of right. ways, but my daddy loved to watch Archie Bunker. That's
0: hilarious. So where, what, he was talking about doing a fire. Was that inside or outside? Do you no, remember? No, it was inside. That was inside. we had a, so had a, fire we had a wood inside. stove
1: in the basement.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: Cause I was trying to figure that out. I was like, Oh, were y'all outside doing a little fire? No. Okay. My daddy was born a hundred years too late. Yeah. Um, uh, he was, he's born 19, June 27th, 1946. Um, and, I say he's born hundred years too late. He's born fifty years too late. Yeah. Um, it, he loved having a wood stove, wood heat. Um, we only turned we had one window air conditioner in the house. We only turned it on when it was really, really, really hot outside. The rest of the time, we use fans. Um. It, it, if it'd been left up to Daddy, we would have we would have lived in a cabin. In the middle of nowhere, not had running water, an outdoor toilet and a wood stove. (laughs) That, I mean, we would, we would have lived like they lived in a little house on the prairie. That would have been, that would have been perfect for my daddy. You know, he He wouldn't have wanted a regular toilet. Well, I feel like Jerry would have really at least appreciated that. He would have definitely appreciated that, but to have gotten the other things, he would have put up with not having a regular toilet he would have been fine with an outdoor toilet. I mean, he if he could have, if he could have lived back in the days like little house on the prairie or something like that, he would have been completely fine with that. You know. Um we we and of course we didn't think anything of it. You know, I I can't tell you how many how many days I'd come in from school and it'd be so cold outside and there'd be a pot of beans on that stove and potatoes baking in the coals on the inside of that stove yeah and we'd sit down there and eat white beans and bake potatoes mm. you know um so many days and then our neighbor kids in the winter time we'd be out of school because of snow and the kids live next door to the jones boys would come up there and we'd have checker tournaments right yeah. there in front of that old stove That's know? hilarious um because we didn't you know, couldn't do anything else. Yeah. We didn't have the entertainment they have today, so we had to come up with our own. Right. You know? And I miss those days, Yeah, to be honest with you. I really miss them. It would yeah. be fun to go back.
0: Well, we're kind of getting to take a little little imaginary trip back here a little bit. Um, I got another little sound bite I'm going to play for you real quick. Um, this one, I don't know if anybody else is going to care so much to hear, <laughs> but I want you to hear it. Okay. Because it was – um just first of all kind of funny and it, and it's going to give you some perspective of when he sat down and recorded all this
1: Okay.
2: I just thought of something else funny in case you kids is wondering what day this is that I'm doing this and I'm putting all this stuff on tape last night was the night that I thought the spiders and snakes was in the floor I had that nightmare and got up in the middle of the bed <laughs> I woke Travis up, and I started to wake Sheila up. Travis said, "Daddy said, <laughs> I said that ain't Sheila. I said that ain't said so that ain't. I thought it was Mama in the water bed, and I said, uh, we're gonna wake her up and tell her about it. And he said, "Daddy, said, that's not Mama, so that's Sheila." So I went over to the other bed where Linda was sleeping. I just got her woke her up and told her about it, the spider, snakes, and the floor. And she said, there ain't no spider, snakes, in the floor Jerry, Go back to bed. Well, I had to get, Travis to getting my stick. I got out of the bed there, and I couldn't get around, so he had my stick, and I finally got back in the bed there. I crawled out of the bed and everything. But in case y'all young is wondering, <laughs> what day this is last night was a night that i had the nightmare about the, about the snakes or the spiders or whatever it whatever it was but you know i've heard all my life that eating fish will make you dream and uh yesterday i ate some mackerel i just wonder if that if that makes, makes you do that i don't know maybe it affects different people in different ways but i <laughs> I've heard that fish can make you dream, so I guess I ate them micro yesterday. and I had that dream last night, whatever it was when I was up getting y'all up and everything.
1: I I remember exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I do remember that he had everybody he had everybody in the house up uh, looking for uh, spiders and snakes in the floor. Daddy used to have the weirdest dreams. Well, I thought the craziest part. He said, "I've heard all my life eating fish will make you dream," and I ate some mackerel last night. <laughs> Daddy didn't. Daddy didn't have to eat fish to have a dream. He's crazy. Daddy but didn't. I have ain't to never have, heard that before. I Me mean, neither. And who knows? He probably conjured that up in his brain. <laughs> he, he could, he'd come up with some of the weirdest things sometime. And d- Daddy didn't have. It didn't matter what Daddy ate. He was going to dream. I mean, I can't. I remember one night we. Me and him but that we had bunk beds down there in the basement. And I was sleeping on the top bunk and daddy was sleeping on the bottom bunk. Yeah. And I remember hearing the awfulest commotion in the middle of the night and I jumped up and looked and Daddy was taking a clock off the wall. We had no clock hanging on the wall. Mm Mm-hmm. And he went over there and put got that clock off the wall, set it in the floor, came back over there, crawled back into bed, and went back to sleep. The next morning he wakes up and he goes, what's that clock doing sitting in the floor? I said, you got you got up in the middle of the night and took it off the wall. He said, Travis, don't lie to me. Did you take that clock off the wall? I said, no, I didn't take it. You did in the middle of the night. He said, I don't remember anything about that. He said, I, I think the man went to his grave thinking that I took that clock off the wall and com- tried to convince him to do it. I think he's still... <laughs> To that very day, the day he died, I think he thought I took that clock off the wall.
0: That's hilarious. But I
1: remember him taking that clock off the wall. Don't know why he did it. Don't have a clue, but he, he'd have the weirdest dreams, you know, and it didn't matter what he eat. I just thought it was hilarious. He goes, I've heard all my life, bitch will make you dream. And I ate some mackerel eat last some night. I wonder if night. that's why. Yeah. And you wonder why he smelled so bad sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know? good Lord. And I'll tell
0: you, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, uh, could see myself having a nightmare about a spider and a snake. I ain't too fond of those either. No, me so either. if me. If I was dreaming about those, I'd probably be freaking out as well.
1: No, he'd wait if daddy ever had one of his weird dreams, he'd wake everybody in the house up. Yeah. You know, just sometimes I'd just like to know what was going through that man's mind sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost like he lived in a different dimension than everybody else. Yeah. You know, and he'd have just some of the weirdest dreams. I, I remember one night. I was a kid. I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard Daddy just cackling. He was laughing so hard. And I went and knocked on the bedroom door and and Mama said, "Come in." And I walked in and Daddy just laying there in the bed. He's sound asleep, eyes closed, and he is just cackling. And I went and said, "Mama, what's wrong with him?" She said, "Oh, he's crazy. <laughs> he's crazy having one of them crazy dreams, you know." And the next morning we were eating breakfast and I said, daddy, I said, what was you laughing about in your sleep last night? And he said, Oh, I wasn't laughing in my sleep last night. And mama said, you're crazy. Jerry, you cackled like a crazy man. And I don't know what was so funny, but you thought it was the funniest thing you'd ever, you'd ever heard of in your seen in your life. I mean, it was stuff like that all the time when he was asleep, you know? That's insane. And he'd do weird things, you know? He'd do, he'd do weird things like taking the clock off the wall. Um, I I remember one night he he was uh, he was standing in the hall. I walked out. I I went to the bathroom, which was right there next to my bedroom. Right, and there stands Daddy right there in the middle of the hall. He just standing there. Oh, that would creep me out. And I said, "Daddy, what are you doing?" Mama said, "Don't wake him up. Don't wake him up." So I walked past him, went back to the bathroom, walked past him to get back in my bed, and I went there went back to sleep.
0: No, I'm not cool with that. You know.
1: I'm not cool with that at all. Yeah. I, who knows what was going through that man's mind? But i tell you one thing. I sure do miss him. Yep. Me too. I miss him something awful. We had a lot of fun. Daddy was a funny guy and, uh, he, I love uh, to
0: sit and listen to him tell stories too, man. One of the first, I was thinking about it last night. One of the first songs I ever wrote was a song called something like those stories. Mm-hmm. Remember?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was about that. It was about yeah. him telling stories. And
1: I just remember. Daddy had a, Daddy had a very vivid memory. He could remember things very well. Mm-hmm. Um, he could tell a joke about as good as anybody I ever heard. If he ever heard a joke, he didn't forget it. Yeah, I, I can hear a joke now, and in thirty minutes, I can't remember what it was. Right, but he could remember jokes and he could remember things uh, with such vivid detail, mm-hmm. um, to the point to where he could tell you he could probably tell you the day that fat mom got onto him for passing gas in the car, what dress she had on that day. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how kind of, that's what kind of a memory he had. Uh, daddy was very, very smart. He a very intelligent man. Yeah. Uh, you just didn't know it. Yeah. You know, he, he just, uh, you just didn't know that, that he had those abilities, you know, but, uh, yeah, very, very talented person for sure. Yeah. No very doubt. Talented. Thank you for sharing those. This has been fun you know you're welcome dude it has been fun it's been fun so but uh yeah so tomorrow will be da- paul's birthday i'm so. glad
0: it worked out like that yeah i didn't i didn't realize it but you're right and yeah. that that's cool it 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 worked out well that i had those uh ready to rock yeah yeah that
1: worked out really good really good we got
0: to interview paul before his birthday on the bald headed country boy podcast you know he was uh he was the he first was, bald one. I
1: was gonna say he was probably the
0: original original. I think I said that several episodes back. Cause yeah, I think it's true. Because <laughs> there was one. I, I always I was thinking about it the other day when I was playing out at Martin's. Probably about like a year and a half ago, I said something about losing the hair on
1: top of my head, and you yelled out, "You get it from your daddy." <laughs> yeah, we we come from a long line of follicly challenged men. <laughs> unfortunately you know so my papa used to always say well when you got as many brains as i got they got got, got to go somewhere so they just grew so much it pushed my hair out
0: yeah you know so well i've got i've got one other sound bite that i pulled that i can either play today or i can play another time what do you think i should do i'd say hold up
1: for the next time you think so yeah I think, I think yeah. you're probably right. Cause, Cause we can, run, we, we run, we run about iron an hour and 25 minutes.
0: So. Yeah. We, we, we've been chatting this morning. I know.
1: Dude. I know. Chatting. I hope people like to hear us talk. Yeah. I, well, I can't believe they do, but if they do, then uh, they're in luck today, you know. Well, uh, you know, I,
0: I think, uh, I think I've enjoyed this very much and I think you've enjoyed it. I, and have. I think there's at least a handful of people that will enjoy it. And, uh, if y'all do enjoy it, Share it with your friends and your family, and uh, yeah, keep on downloading
1: and spinning the podcast. I have one shout out I want to give to I have I got several cousins in Arkansas, yeah, who have been listening to our podcast, and one cousin sent me um, a, a DVD of her granddaddy singing. I don't think we can get a sound bite of it because it's the, it, the quality isn't just re- not really good. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to try to, we'll just have to try to see if we can work, work it out, but I don't think it'll come through very good, but I really want to tell the folks in Arkansas, I love you. And I appreciate y'all for listening. Some of them I've not seen in decades and we've <laughs> reconnected and it's been, it's been really cool to reconnect with a lot of these folks. So thank y'all so much. Uh I have a lot of fond memories of, my Arkansas people growing up and going out to Arkansas to see my folks out there. Some of the you talk about salt of the earth, good people. Yeah, man. That was some of the finest right there. So thank y'all for listening and y'all keep, uh y'all keep staying in contact with us and let us know what you think. Uh, I've got some more uh, uncle Wilburn stories coming up one of these days. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll certainly throw a few of those out there. No doubt.
0: No doubt. Um, well, heck yeah, man. I, I totally expected to play that other sound bite. I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited to play it for you. So I'm kind of bummed that we're not playing well, if it. If you want to play it, go ahead. No, no, no. I think you're right. I think we need to save it and maybe that'll give, uh, everybody that is listening, uh, something to look uh, forward to give them something to look forward to. It'll, yeah. it'll give us something to look forward to, but I, I'm pumped. I'm very pumped to play well, good. it
1: for you. Good. I, that, I'm looking forward to our next podcast then. That'll be, yeah. that'll be fun. Be fun. Well, this
0: one's been a good one. It was cool to get to bring uh, my granddad, dad's dad, Jerry, in on it a little bit today. Who, I mean, it, the more I listen to these tapes, the more I'm just amazed that it's like it's almost like he was supposed to be part of it. Yeah. Well, from the get go, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, it's I just feel like, like he's
1: here with us in spirit for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's like, man at the time when y'all were recording those and I keep hearing him saying like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if y'all ever listen to these. I don't know if y'all even keep these tapes and this, that, and the other. It's just like so cool to me to know that we're actually getting like, not only am I listening to him and enjoying listening to them, but like right. we're getting to use them in this and he's actually like getting to be a part of it too. Yeah. Like to me, that is so cool because I, I have a feeling at some times like you guys might have been like this is kind of a waste of time in the moment you know what i'm saying i'm I'm sure kind of like all them times mom made us take pictures over the years Mm -hmm. growing up you know what i'm saying like in the moment you're like that's that's a waste of time but like looking back now man i'm really glad that he took the
1: time to do all of that yeah me too me too i've uh I I don't know that I would have ever done anything with those tapes. I doubt I probably would have ever listened to any of them again. Uh but you're putting them you know, you're putting them on the podcast and we're listening to them and it's been it's been a lot of fun to it's been a lot of fun to go back. Probably still doesn't mean as much to me as it does to you and maybe some others who weren't there. I lived it, I saw it. I I was in the moment there. But uh you know, it probably means a lot more to you because you get to you get a, an insight into what it was like for me to grow up yeah you know? no doubt i can only imagine what it would be like to hear my granddaddy do something like that oh, talking yeah. about my daddy when he was little yeah. you know or something uh but uh so thank you for taking the time to do this it really means a lot to me and yeah. i really enjoyed listening to him love you buddy love you too baby well guys, thanks again
0: for, uh, for hanging out with us. And like I said, if you, if you're enjoying this, share it with your friends and your family. And, um, if you like listening to original music, I got some of that out there wherever you can buy or stream music, Jesse Wayne Taylor. Look me up, give them some spins. And if you want to buy some merchandise, com. We got some bald headed country boy shirts. We got some black ones. We got some gray ones. And
1: they fit good. Mm-hmm.
0: They feel real nice.
1: They fit good, and by the way, I don't have any original music out, so
0: you know I'm thinking about putting that delta dawn out,
1: oh yeah, that could be a that could be a big hit that delta yeah. dawn it's
0: on here don't make yeah. me play it again yeah
1: i I won't make you play it again <laughs> no I won't make you play it again all right guys,
0: love y'all, we appreciate y'all, and uh we will see you next time peace, peace I ain't asking nobody for nothing.